0: One, two, three,
1: four. One, two three four. Three, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. That helps uh, whoever ends up editing this, let line up the audio tracks. So together. All right, let me close this and we'll get started. <coughs> Excuse me. Put on my professional, mm-hmm. semi-professional voice. All right. Hello, welcome to the Magic Hour Show, this is episode 108 here, we're recording on a lovely Tuesday evening, it is October 2nd, 2018, and i um, here tonight with Kevin Pooley, howdy howdy, and our special guest this evening, John Schneider, hey John, hello world, welcome, yes, worldwide, worldwide. John, real happy to have you with us tonight, and thank you for for coming on. I've been playing a game of yours, which we're going to talk about in depth just a little bit later here, um, but first, my friend, what you playing right now?
0: I'm playing uh, the good old Switch. Uh, I've been enjoying some Octopath Traveler. Uh, that's up my alley. I've always been kind of an old school RPG guy, and obviously Octopath hits that to a T, Uh, just wrapping up kind of the end game, I think, or at least all the characters' main quests. So um, they all have like a set number of chapters that they go through, and I believe I'm in the final chapter. I finished it for about half the uh, main characters, and I'm wrapping up the the back half right now.
1: Cool. So, uh, Kevin, did you play a lot of Octopath? No, I haven't actually
2: tried it yet. Even the demo. Like, I started the demo, but um, I just... It was a little bit too wordy for me at the time I kind of just wanted like to play something but I've heard like really good things that I've been meaning to it's so on my back catalog I just haven't gotten past like one of the first stories in the demo or something
0: the combat system is solid yeah it's it's, it's worth I, I think I played the demo as well when um when it was released well in advance of the actual like game coming out and I kind of bounced off it at the time as well but having gotten into it the, the combat system is, is plenty good enough to uh to keep me interested at least yeah
2: that's what I've heard so I want to get into it because I love um, uh, RPGs and I love old school RPGs I love the art um, it seems like totally in my wheelhouse I just haven't got the time to do it right now
1: but it looks really mm-hmm. good and you're playing a game too John That I that I look at in my launcher quite frequently and go hey I should fire that up again um, and now that I see somebody else playing it, especially the mode that I like the most, I'm down. Let's let's play this again. What else you got on your list here, John?
0: Yeah, I wrote down uh, Blizzard's Heroes of the Storm, Blizzard's MOBA. Um, yeah, I've kind of been playing that casually ever since like the second anniversary update a little over a year ago. Um, very, very super casual about it. Play almost exclusively just against the AI because this is kind of like my, my wind down at the end of the game, day game where I just want to uh, relax a little bit and play around with all those fun Blizzard characters and win, um, which is always which is always good for the relaxing. Like, I, I dabble in StarCraft 2 a bit with my brother, um, like playing multiplayer on the ladder or ranked mode or whatever and that. That's a blast when you win, but I've been known to throw the controller or the mouse. When I lose, I can get frustrated. So uh, yeah, Heroes of the Storm against the AI super relaxing yeah I, pretty fun you can get a game down in 15 20 minutes so
1: yeah i always like the ai games one because i said, they're quick like i've been in five minute ai games most of the time people don't yell at you if you screw up in a verse ai <laughs> game it's right. just so much lower stress and john last summer i for whatever reason decided i would um challenge myself and play with people against people like that was the only way i played heroes throughout the summer and uh you know it went okay in terms of people genuine generally not being jerks like there was the ratio of jerks to not jerks was way better than i expected Uh, i think i only got like cussed at one time and i said you know i'm just gonna hit the block button okay it's gonna hit the block button and that's
0: that's what it's there probably
1: (laughs) that's probably 10 you know 15 play sessions one time i'll take it that's a win but no truly i like the ai mode so much better Right, have you checked out Arena of Valor on Switch at all?
0: Uh, I have not. I, I think I just actually ran across a mention of it for the first time today. And as as we all are as being parents, you know, time is limited and you have to be pretty selective of what you uh, poke your nose into. But have you tried it? How is it? I,
1: I, I uh, did get into like the early betas of the game on Switch. So I, I, that's really the uh. only time I've played it. And it's, you know, it's pretty much... Like we have Paladins on the Switch and that's sort of the, the not Overwatch game. Arena of Valor mm-hmm. is definitely the not heroes game on switch <laughs> i would love heroes on switch but it's not there so arena of valor fills that void nicely a lot of the skills feel the same arena valor is really uh, the matches that i played i played quite a few over summer break during the beta testing they are snappy you are in you are out i think the longest one i was in was 13 minutes I And mean, mm-hmm. as the games go on they give you higher level higher level like um what do they call those guys, your minions? They're like consistently sure. increasing in power and then you get like Ballista that that come and help you out to speed the game up. Like it's meant to be to be pretty punchy. Kevin, did you play Arena at all yet?
2: No, I haven't. Is that the free to play one? Yes. Okay, no, I was, yes. same thing. Like um, usually when I do get online, um, I'm usually playing Paladins, um, but I've been wanting to try Heroes of the Storm and um, Oh, what's the other one?
1: Oh, the Blizzard one, Overwatch?
2: Uh, no, no, no. Um, totally just blanked out. What are we just talking about? Are-
1: are- Arena, Arena Valor. Of Valor. I forgot
2: what it was called. Yeah, Arena of Valor. Um, it looks cool. Um, I just haven't downloaded it. I just haven't had the time. I'm not really, like, a oh, huge ought- MOBA guy, so, like, knowing that you can play against the-, the AI in Heroes of the Storm is comforting to me because one of my biggest... Impediments from trying it is having to jump in with all these people that are like a gajillion levels above me and getting yelled at, but knowing that I can play with the AI, that's kind of cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And you know, we're all sitting here, we're all multi children households at this point. um So you got to be selective. If you don't, if you're not really a big MOBA guy, Arena Valor is not going to magically make you a MOBA guy. There's probably nothing amazingly special about it. But if you like the genre, it's a it's it fits really well on the switch it plays really well on the switch and it is quick so you can get a match in you know for me i can get a match in while my kids are um out of my hair for a few minutes which doesn't happen a whole lot right now at at the ages of four and five um you no know, john you have you, you you two have three i gotta say everybody this is the first night kevin is bachelor time in it right kevin yeah my
2: whole family right now um you don't remember, I have a five year old, a three year old, and a one year old. They are all on fall break, and so I am alone for the next two weeks. And <laughs> I had tonight. This is Express literally
1: tonight. the first time <laughs> we've had Kevin with us, and that I've not seen him in like a button up dress shirt and a tie. He's you are rocking a t shirt, <laughs> dude. I,
2: I actually um, left 15 minutes early from work, and so I actually had time to throw on a t shirt. Get some shorts on and just relax. Yeah, usually I'm coming like straight from work, like, you know, down like something real quick. Head upstairs, turn on the laptop, and start recording.
1: Well, you're living the bachelor life. You're eating the bachelor life. You're looking the bachelor life. I'm I'm kind of jealous. I I would love two weeks to just get engrossed in a game. Like I can only hope you're doing in your downtime.
2: That is exactly what I'm doing, because about yeah. two days ago, I re- I didn't restart, but I started playing Xenoblade Chronicles 2 again, and I was telling Serena, I was like, mm. this is perfect, because you guys are going out of town, and I actually have time and something to, like, focus all the loneliness on, you know? <laughs> um, <laughs> I-, I,
1: can't-
2: I don't remember why I stopped playing. I think I just um, was playing Binding of Isaac too much, and... It just kind of like fell on the wayside, but restarting it again, I actually contemplating um, restarting the whole game again because I did not remember where I was, what was going on in the story, and even mm-hmm. the combat system. I was just totally out of my element, um, but luckily, like you know, after about 10, 15 minutes, um, it all came back to me, and I was Xenoblade you know, Chronicles two guru again. I actually really, really like the combat system in that. Um, I I had Serena watch me, because I kind of wanted her to get into it too, because all she does is play Zelda. So I kind of wanted her to expand a little bit, and I think she would enjoy the art and all that um, in Xenoblade. But trying to explain the combat system to her was just... I, I was confusing myself. Um...
1: <laughs> you gotta get these glowy orbs spinning yeah, around the yeah. bosses, and then you can, yeah. It's
2: like, and then you break, and then you have to be setting up this elemental attack. But, um, yeah, playing it again, like, I'm really interested in the, uh, the DLC, because I saw that came out not too long ago. Um, uh, it was my birthday about a month ago, so I have a good amount of Amazon. So it's like, do I buy the DLC? Or do I put that money towards Monster Hunter? So I'm still on the fence, because I see you guys playing, and I'm like, dang, I want to be part of that.
1: Oh well, happy belated birthday, dude. But for sure, um, I mean, you've got, it sounds like, probably a lot of hours ahead of you in Xenoblade before that expansion becomes maybe a priority. Yeah,
2: I, I'm on, like, Chapter 6, and I think there's 9 chapters.
1: Yeah, the tenth is is pretty quick, but so I'm guessing you've got another solid thirty. Yeah, if you really stretch it out, maybe you could even go forty. Um, I've been
2: doing a lot of side quests. I was telling Serena like, I I want to go to do the main quest, but then I'll start a side quest, and then like two or three more side quests will pop up, and then like I kind of venture from my side quest to like another side quest, and then two or three pop up, and I'm just like, oh, so many side quests! There's just so much to do.
1: There is, and, what, and what's good about all of these InuBlade games uh, so far since the Wii one has been that these side quests, there's always something to do that even if you only have 20, 30 minutes to put into this 150-hour game in a session, you're still going to do something. Oh, yeah. Like, even if it is just a piddly little little side quest, you, you you still can accomplish something, get some experience, and say, oh, I did something. I progressed. Um, uh, Kevin, I'll tell you, for me, having some time in between Xenoblade Chronicles 2 uh, itself and the Torna expansion story having that space in between that was nice Uh, because it is such a huge game having a little gap in between coming back to it it was like oh I'm going back and I'm seeing my old friends again and I'm familiar enough with the mechanics but it's a fresh start if that makes sense but it wasn't like all back to back to back to back Xenoblade was my life so I don't know We could certainly use another Monster Hunter.
2: I was super tempted today. I was like, I'm just going to do it. Because I saw you guys planning for next week, possibly. And I was just like, dang, I need to be part of that.
1: Yeah, I've been impressed with Modern Hunter's hunt times too. Like I thought it was going to be more intensive, um, but it's thirty minutes. I can we can get a hunt in when we go together or less, and actually get a hunt in that that produces some some materials to make new items. And that's all I'm about. Is I'm just about making my hunter look good right now. Nice. But we're talking expansive RPGs, and wow, I ended up doing some more RPG than I thought. Um, I have been playing Paladin, so I'm working on what's called the, what's the Battle Pass. Which, for those that may not know, Battle Pass is basically a, like a seasonal content a release that you you buy month you buy this seasonal pass and you earn incremental rewards throughout. And if you I guess if you don't gain enough experience by the end, you don't earn everything, which kind of stinks. Cause I'm at like level 60 now of 75 and I've only got 35 days left and I don't know if I'm going to quite make it. Hmm. Um, just because I haven't been playing Paladins every day anymore. The the luster, the shiny luster of Paladins has worn off. Um, instead I've been playing Xenoblade the uh, Torna expansion which you know is good. We've talked about it a couple weeks ago here. I'm still progressing slowly but surely and I want to take my time in it. But in addition to that, we're talking RPG um, intense here. I've started Final Fantasy. Is it three? Is it six? What is it? It's on the SNES Classic. It's six in the states, three in Japan. I don't understand how we got off on that. I actually
0: owned the original, yeah, cartridge back when it was uh, one for the NES and then two and three on the SNES. But yeah, nowadays I just say six because that's not ambiguous. You say I'm playing Final Fantasy six, and people know what you mean. Whereas three could mean either the original U.S. release or the Japanese release that we never saw around here, at least the first time around.
1: So, but so six—that's the one with Terra, right? That's correct. Okay. All right. So that's the one I'm playing. I'm like pretty blown away with this old JRPG here. It's got really like strong humor in the writing. The characters—I'm really enjoying them and my time with them. And so is this your first this playthrough? This is of my event? first. Yes, this is my first playthrough. Ah. Oh. What are you playing on? T- I'm playing on the the SNES Classic. Okay. And today I got to a po- the point in the game where they've introduced this like Street Fighter combo mechanic for oh, one yeah, of the yeah, characters. Yeah, yeah. Ah,
0: Saban, Yes.
1: And I'm like, oh, am I like doing <laughs> doing special move combos here? This is pretty cool. It has a quite a few layers going on. Um, it's a good game and I I had gone through a period in probably the early 2000s of emulating some of the older um, SNES games on PC and that's how I played Chrono Trigger through for the first time it's how I saw a lot of action with like the Mega Man games that were on the Super Nintendo and just I I played a lot of emulated Super Nintendo games I didn't have that system growing up but I I missed Final Fantasy in that time period and uh, I it's it's really nice is just sit in front of the tv with that little tiny wired controller and and play it in a way that feels almost like it's you know meant to be played Mm -hmm. but uh, i'm also playing final fantasy 15 pocket and that's fun too are you playing that on the switch or phone yeah playing it on playing playing it on the switch i I downloaded it on the phone but not having real buttons made it feel like not a real game so it actually feels like a real Mm -hmm. game on the switch
0: interesting yeah that's the main problem i have with a lot of uh kind of console port rpgs on, on mobile even ones that are nicely done like final fantasy 15 reportedly is but yeah I, I, I could see myself uh yeah getting my fingers on the buttons and having a lot better time with it on the switch than i would on the on the good old iphone yeah
1: yeah it, it, it does feel more more real and like some games i don't mind just the tapping um but It just didn't work for me when I tried the demo on on Switch. Oh, are either of you playing Dragalia Lost? Because I did download that.
2: I downloaded it. I tried it. Um, So my phone really sucks. I don't have a lot of memory. So I've had to delete it because I needed to do something else. Um, But no, it's pretty good. Like, the graphics are pretty good. Music's really good. Um, I was getting pretty into it. I dropped probably, like, five, six bucks. And right now, because they hit, like, a certain level... Like, you get a lot of um, of the currency for free, which allows you to download like a pretty good amount of characters. So just at the beginning of the game, I already had, like, five pretty good characters that I was using. Um, it, it's interesting. I want to get back into it, um, they kind of have little challenges that you can do. Stories, pretty good, um, kind of just classic, you know, fantasy type of story. Um, it it doesn't feel i don't know if this is like good or bad but it doesn't feel very nintendo-y does that make sense
1: have you guys tried it it does john have you played are you getting lost in realia
0: yeah just to level set this is nintendo's new like action rpg that came out recently for mobile right i did try it uh it seemed solid i mean anything nintendo puts out is going to be polished and at least pretty good so it's, it's worth a look in my opinion um I got basically. I just played through the kind of the intro chapter, I think, and got to like the menu screen where they start throwing like all the gacha and other free to play trappings. And at that point, I just kind of took a step back from it, at least for right now. Um, there are yeah, a we lot can get more into this things. into the main topic, but I'm yeah, I'm 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 personally kind of torn about yeah, games which are kind of optimized for getting you to spend money versus just getting you to have a good time but yeah we can we can get more of that later perhaps. and, and
1: it, as kevin was saying in the earthy early release of this game at least it seems like you can have a good time without spending any money i haven't spent any mm-hmm. and got i have a couple like four or five star characters for free but yeah it's like you can not only you can summon characters random characters you can summon random items you can summon random like power-ups and skills <laughs> oh wow okay so yeah I, I, it is very very heavy on the gotcha and um, but I love how it, it, it this is a game that feels okay with that one finger on the on the phone kind of like Super Mario Run did it just it feels alright to me using a tap as the interface the the movement's really smooth it's really quick it's a nice distraction at 5 30 in the morning when i'm just waking up play a mission call it a day uh... we'll see how long you know how long it is before i uninstall it because mobile games don't tend to last too long on my phone except for uh, one which we're going to talk about here in a few minutes Uh, john's game has been on my phone for a while now Um, and we will double back to that in just a moment because it fits in with this rpg train we are running um, I, but I have been working on a bunch of erroneous Switch titles. I'm not going to list them all here. Cause I've decided before I buy Mega Man 11, which just dropped, I'm excited that mm-hmm. I need to finish some games. So I'm working on working on some of the backlog I've collected. There's no need to buy anything new until I finish some stuff. And we'll I'll, uh, I'll uh, update you on how that progress is coming as we go. Because, you know, that $20 or $30 that Mega Man costs, well, now that my kid is in elementary school... <laughs> guys elementary school they ask for your money a lot
0: <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> there's like this jogging fundraiser and a field trip and it, it's something
2: else it's like ah, oh man lots of field trips and guilt trips <laughs> Field tri- <laughs> all the trips
1: <laughs> but you know it's it's good it's good social interaction and social learning. You know, I'm all for it. I'm not gonna complain that I have to spend money for my kid to go to the pumpkin patch with her class, but it would be so much cheaper for me to go by ourselves. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, let's quickly just Nintendo did announce its October Nintendo Switch Online games. Did anybody else see that? It's just, I think, three games. It's like Solomon's
2: Key, Tennis, and...
1: NES Open and NES Open, is that right? Now that
0: are these the uh, the like the NES games with the online subscription? Yes. Ah,
1: okay. Yeah, so if you're subscribing to the Nintendo Switch Online service, you're getting um, what were those again, Kevin? Um, Solomon's Key, NES Open, and then tennis, I believe. And that sounds right. Yeah, I, uh, I am actually really looking forward to NES Open, and hope we can arrange some kind of online with the uh, gamer parent community. Um, that I had a lot of fun with that game in my childhood, and I think that
0: I don't think I I, I played that one. What was that? Was that some kind of sports? Title? It's a golf
1: game. It's like Mario. It's, oh, it's okay. Mario Golf. And as I'm remembering it, it's very well done. But you know, memory's huh. a funny thing with these Nintendo. Titles from like back then because they they tend not to, at least to me, look as good or play as good as I remember. Except for Mario Three, which holds yeah. up like. Oh, I'm sorry, it was Super Dodgeball, not Tennis. Tennis is already out. Super Dodgeball. Mm. Tecmo Bowl was fun too. Like we, we we did jam some Tecmo Bowl last week.
0: I did a lot of retro super retro at the time, Super Tecmo when I was in college. Uh, my roommates and I actually played through a whole season of that and um, with where I had a neat mode where everyone can pick one team and then you play through the whole season so usually you're playing against the AI occasionally they'll match up against another humans team and you'll play head versus head and my roommate and I ended up in the Super Bowl together which was fun nice. from opposite leagues I think my 49ers against his Giants maybe and I lost and I still regret it yeah, years later me and my brother set <laughs> up a little bracket. lost the Tecmo Super Bowl
1: stings stings yeah, I hope we see Super Tecmo Bowl on the uh, Nintendo Switch online service because it's you know it compared to original Tecmo Bowl it is uh, it's it it is head and shoulders above. Um, but that's you know Mega Mega, 11 just, uh, Mega Man Eleven just dropped. I'm hearing some pretty decent things about it. Also, I've heard that it's basically just another Mega Man game. You know, like, I'm I'm holding off on buying it. Like I think me five years ago would have been like. It's out. I'm buying it right now. But now I'm kind of like maybe Mega Man, maybe some of these games. I'm, I, you know, they were big parts of my past. I don't know if I need it right now. I definitely don't need it right now because I got Xenoblade and I got the Crash Bandicoot games I bought that I've hardly played, and I got other things, the backlog. You know, yep. the struggle's real.
0: Can't, can't play everything anymore. There's just there's so much good stuff out
1: there. Now, anything else going on this week? We want to chat about. Are we good? I think that's it. Yeah, sounds like we're good. Sounds like we're good. Mm-hmm. So let's let's move into the meat and potatoes. Why we've got John here? Because John 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 put up on Twitter, um, and this was super cool. That your game Vigil RPG, and correct me if I say this wrong, but it's the number one or classic RPG title on the Apple App Store.
0: Um, as far as search results, yes, as far as sales, nowhere <laughs> near. <laughs> and if I could flip those, that would that would be fun. But yeah, um, for some reason, I just happened to notice, and I thought it was just me, you know, how like, well, Google will tailor search results to you personally. And sometimes we'll show you your own stuff at the top of the list. Um, but I happened to key in Classic RPG, and my own game uh, that I had put out back in 2014 came up at the top of the list, um, which was amazing and probably explains why, a few months ago, I kind of like every week I get an email from Apple saying, "Hey, here's your sales for the last week," and usually it's zeros, um, sometimes with a one in there, like your weekly sales. Um, but suddenly I hopped up to like five or six per week, and I was like, "Wow, okay, I don't, I don't know what causes this, but I'm, I'm not, uh, not complaining at all." And then just kind of accidentally myself stumbled into what it must be that yeah, Apple, Apple's search engine on the App Store these days for whatever reason has a high opinion of my, my little game I put out a few years ago.
1: Yeah, and I took the full disclosure, you know. John I think you must have advertised it on the gamers with Jobs site or something back when you first released it because I remember looking at it intending to buy it like, oh, this is really cool. I want to support this and then just like you know forgetting because you close the sure. you close the app store and it all just fades away. but uh, when you put that tweet out, I said, oh that is super cool. let me let me check see if see if that um, is the case that you that the search was showing it being super popular yeah you it absolutely was and that's all right i'm just gonna buy it right now so i don't forget and um yeah this is actually uh john it's it's it is a really strong like one one hand one finger game Mm
0: -hmm. yeah thanks that was that was definitely one of the design goals uh with this thing um Back in 2013, probably, five years ago now, I kind of had a hankering for just kind of a lightweight and quick, yet interesting, just kind of like one-handed RPG that I could apply on my phone, and I couldn't find it on the App Store. I was searching around for uh, classic RPGs, and at that time I think like there was a few Dragon Quest ports, uh, ports of those console games, a few other little simple games, but just nothing that I really wanted and could get into, so I... Yeah, decided to take the plunge and, and write my own. Um, something I'd always kind of dreamed about. Um, being a programmer by trade and being a gamer by hobby. I mean, so of course, like you know, as a kid and even now, I was like, wow, it'd be so fun to like you know write my own game someday or even work for Blizzard or one of these other companies that puts out cool stuff. And um, yeah, decided to take the plunge and do it.
1: So you did not jump into this process totally blind. You're a programmer. That's your that's your career.
0: That is my career. So I've been programming, yeah, since I was a kid, really. Um, was fortunate enough to have uh, two parents in the field. Uh, my mom was actually one of the first computer science graduates at the University of Michigan back in the early '70s, I want to say. Um, so that was amazing. So I kind of had that growing up. We had like you know PCs in our house as early as the early '80s. That was was definitely a huge uh, advantage and leg up in my favor. Um, but yeah, I've just been kind of a by trade, like a you know typical business programmer, full stack, working for companies, not not writing games for a living. I um, also was kind of historically a Windows guy as far as operating system of choice, but I uh, started carrying uh, an iPhone like a little before that time, I guess, and I actually carried a, like an iPod, an iPod Touch for around for a while, and like in one pocket and a like, classic dumb phone in the other, just like have a really low monthly bill. Um, but switched to the iPhone and decided that, hey, since this is the phone I've got in my pocket, I'm going to figure out how to develop for this thing, um, figure out how to uh, you know, do things on a Mac, figure out how to write the Objective-C language, which at the time was kind of the language to write native stuff on an Apple device, and taught myself that uh, as part of making the game. And 18 months later of working in the magic hour after the kids went to bed uh, and before my own bedtime, uh, a few nights a week, uh, yeah, managed to get it done.
1: So I, I, you know, I, I'm not a programmer and I don't really know how to program in any stretch of the imagination. So I, I want to make sure that I don't like offend any programmers out there. Like the, the transfer of skills, like going from what you were doing in business programming to writing a game, is it like just flipping a switch and going into a different mode or like, like what kind of effort does that, does that take? What kind of relearning to transfer skills from, from one form to another?
0: Yeah, good question. A lot of the knowledge was I, I could take from like my day job and just kind of generally knowing how to code. As far as just knowing how to write, you know, the the, the building blocks of writing a program, like writing if then conditionals, writing arrays, writing object oriented, um, being able to like save and load from a data store, which is like your save game in the game. A lot of that was like a direct transfer over, except for needing to um, do it in this new language, in Objective C. Um, like I, th- I think at that time I'd mostly worked in uh, for those of you programmers out there, Java and C# Sharp and the C++ family of languages. Uh, so Objective C was kind of a stretch, kind of not nod. I was able to pick it up, um, and thanks to the internet, like when I just when I knew what I needed to do, building blocks wise, like okay, I need to iterate an array, or I need to do a for loop, and that was just as easy as like you know typing you know for loop Objective C, and there's your Stack Overflow.com search result or what have you, um, telling you the syntax to do it, which was fantastic. Uh, the part that I wasn't really as experienced with was more like the I guess the multimedia side of things, Um, graphics, uh, sound effects, music. Um, Like I I play the trumpet, I'm I'm teaching myself the guitar a little bit, but I'm not not a composer by any stretch. And what kind of saved my bacon there and enabled me to do the project as a solo developer uh, was a lot of the resources that are out there, if you look, that are uh, basically free. Um, Like one big thing that I found on the art side was a shout out to opengameart.org. Uh, Where a lot of artists will post just like their creations, their pixel art, um, along with like a license, which a lot of times will just be attribution, saying, "Hey, feel free to use this in the game. Just like drop me um, a spot in your credits saying where you got this." And so I was thrilled and more than happy um, to do that. Like most of the, I hand drew a couple of the things, but 95% of like the anime characters, for example, that you see in Vigil RPG are straight out of OpenGameArt.org. So. Um, definitely check out the credits section which you can get to right from the main menu and shout out to all those guys and girls who uh, did some fast, fantastic work um, and I'll, I'll, for a lot of it, it was the same story with the music as well I found uh, a couple folks who had music tracks out there just for attribution or even just totally free, no license at all um, and by leveraging some of those resources um, I was able to uh, combine those with my own programming skills and get a game put together, complete with like you know, rudimentary, simple, but appropriate to a turn-based RPG. Uh, graphics, sound effects, music, and kind of the whole nine yards.
1: Yeah, it, it it is it is simple, and that's what I you know have have liked about it. I think is because I can, you know, sometimes sometimes somebody else drives me to the you know to the mall if we go shopping as a family, right? So I'm sitting in the back seat of the of the giant minivan, and I'm just you know I just want to pass the time. And maybe mm-hmm. shoot some giant rats with uh with a with a is it a key or a kibolt? Now I'm not totally in on all this terminology here, all this this RPG thing.
0: <laughs> in my head I say kibolt, but also if you if you listen closely to the sound effect. The sound effect is a slightly modified version of the original NES Zelda of Link. When he when you have full hearts and you throw your sword across the screen. Um, that's what you want to picture using that attack. That's kind of your ranged attack. Um, in the game, it doesn't come up very often, but a few enemies you fight will fly up in the air or otherwise like move away from you at a distance. And if you use that attack, that'll actually still hit them in those in those cases.
1: Yeah, so I, I guess I are just saying is simplicity is simplicity. I, I and I hope it doesn't sound bad. Simplicity is not a bad thing. Like it's actually an enjoyable feature of your game, John, because it's accessible. And there's this like puzzle not, not a puzzle but a strategy element to it to learning the pattern like I I think you even say in the directions that that the enemies follow a certain pattern you can always you mm-hmm. know when when a goblin's going to do a certain attack for for instance based on a cue from the previous round so you could counter that and there's a real flow to combat once you start to figure that out and combat is I mean you're pressing the attack right you're pressing a, the the words. That signally attack that your enemy's going to do me. So for people who might be interested in a game like this, John, what is this most like? What what are they going to recognize? Like your game, what, are they, what is someone going to compare this to? Like like what do you? Does it? Does yeah, it look, yeah, that's... you know what I'm saying. Does it look like a Dragon Quest, like an old Dragon Quest, or is it more like something like Commodore? Or
0: yeah, you nailed one of them. I was going to talk about. There were three kind of big inspirations as far as the combat system and the look and feel of the game. And one of them, uh, sure enough, is in fact the very first uh, Dragon Quest game or Dragon Warrior as it was uh, released on the NES way back in the 80s. Um, That game, like visual RPG, the combat screen especially in the system as far as at least the basic look and feel was modeled off that where like back in the game in the NES you'd be walking around the world map, you'd hit a random encounter. and a picture, just kind of a static picture of your enemy would show up on the screen, and then a text box below that where um, you'd get like the kind of the cliched or uh, meme-worthy, like a slime draws near. Command. And then you could pick attack or spell or what have you. And that's basically how it looks and works in uh, Vigil RPG at a basic level as well. You're running, you're going around the world map. Uh, you hit an encounter, and then you just get a, a kind of a static image of the enemy you're facing, be it a slime or a goblin or a giant rat. To the more sophisticated later things later in the game, you get like flying birdmen and. Dragons and more advanced things like that. Um, And you get um, a choice of six commands. And that was kind of a conscious decision as well, where I'd played, like I mentioned, I think it was a console port of Dragon Quest IV for iPhone. And in that game, you're controlling a party of multiple characters, and each character, when you're picking their move for that turn-based round, you're going through a menu system of like two or three levels you're saying okay spell and now I want to scroll down and then I want to pick this spell okay and then for the next character and then by the time you like manage to start your combat round you've probably like tapped 12 or 15 times um, I said I just want this to be quick I want there to be no long draw animations I want you to be able to play a combat round in like in a second if you want to if you're just trying to like blaze through so you just do one tap you've got a choice of six abilities of one of which is an attack that costs no mana um, four of which or I'm sorry, one's an attack that costs no mana, one's like kind of a defensive move. So if you see that the enemy is about to unleash their special attack on you, because you've kind of picked up on the keys for that, uh, you can defend. And then you've got a choice of three moves that cost mana, be they like super sword hits or spells, kind of like in the original Dragon Quest, your one character is basically a warrior who can also use magic. Uh, So you've got spells you can use, and then one runaway button. Um, And there's different flavors of that too. And as you progress through the game, you can... Kind of like mix and match those six slots kind of like if you played like the original guild wars you could um switch your skills around in town and then go out into the world with like kind of like your loadout of your six skills that you wanted so visual rpg lets you do the same thing so you can once you get high enough level at least that like, you know more than six things you can go to like the training grounds in town and switch your abilities around to try to optimize yourself for wherever you're heading next in the game world or whatever quest you're doing um, so you can play efficiently and then yeah once you're actually in combat um, every enemy has some kind of pattern you can pick up on. And also all the values in the game of smart hit points and damage you probably noticed are really low. Um, like you've noticed if you're like the very first basic attack you get in the game does two points of damage. So not like 25 or 257 or whatever. Um, but low numbers that you can actually do the math and enemy hit points are displayed on the screen as well. So you know if okay I'm fighting a rat with seven hit points. I can hit him two regular attacks that's two times two is four and then hit him with my super attack for three. And finish them off in three rounds, um, and that came from Paper Mario uh, for the good old Nintendo 64, which had a very similar combat system. Um, if you've played that game, where enemies just had like small, typically like single-digit hit points, especially early in the game, and in the same way, like if you thought about it and it was turn-based, you could like plan your strategy. Okay, if I do this attack and then this attack, I can like just perfectly finish them off and like use the minimum amount of mana possible. Vigil RPG kind of works the same way, and that's where that inspiration came from.
1: Well, in in in, in a, in a uh, I think a, a world where a lot of our mobile games and and a lot of our games in general have all of these super high like Diablo numbers of in the millions right. when you're swarming down and and as we talked about in Dragalia Lost, you know, a, a dozen different things you can summon and upgrade with um, simplicity is is welcome and uh, you know a vigil RPG it's it's it's. It, I'm correct that it's a dollar, right? Like it is. It is one dollar on the App Store.
0: It's ninety nine United States cents or your local equivalent,
2: I guess.
1: I, I actually picked it up today
2: and I, I enjoyed it. Um, yeah, like when you said, when I first saw it, I was like, "Oh, this reminds me of Dragon Warrior." Um, the art's really cool. I mm-hmm. like the art. Um, it took me a minute. I had to go back to the the front page um, of the the App Shop to kind of like see what it was about I was like okay it's like patterns and so for me like part of the fun of it was finding the patterns and like you said finding how to optimize my combat mm-hmm. um, trying to do it in the least you know moves as possible so he you know the rats wouldn't get that extra hit or you know the spider wouldn't get the, the right. poison on me um it, it it's really for 99 cents like it's pretty in depth um I don't know what exactly I was expecting, but I found myself getting kind of addicted. It's like, I, I, I'm dying a lot. I'll, I'll be honest, I'm dying a lot. But for, for me, part of it uh-huh. is like, every time I go through, um, I'm getting that experience. I'm kind of learning the system a little bit better. I'm learning um, how to get the least amount of moves, you know, be better at combat, and at the same time, I'm getting like the money and the experience points to kind of better myself um find it something that i can play Mm -hmm. um you know just while i'm waiting in line at work or something i actually did that today i was in line at lunch and i just you know whipped it out fought a couple of rounds and it was my turn and it's good i I like it i say congrats to you like this is a a really fun game and it does scratch that itch of you know an old school rpg Thanks. That's awesome. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. That's, that's that's interesting. You hit on that efficiency thing where you're trying to like yeah beat a monster in the minimum number of rounds you can, kind of so you take less damage, and can keep going longer. Um, the the code name that I actually had internally um, for myself when I was making the game was actually Efficiency RPG. So you can kind of get that was that was kind of like the, the theme I was going for where you also don't have a heal spell. Um, so basically, whenever you venture out of town, you're just looking to last as long as you can. Uh, do the fights you can, take as little damage as you can by playing efficiently, and then kind of scurry back to town and hit the inn and get yourself healed up, and then, you know, hopefully you've made some money, you've finished a quest or two, you can uh, hit the the weapon shop and upgrade your gear maybe, uh, maybe you've leveled up and learned a new ability, and then you head out and see if you can get a little further.
1: And in that, maybe it has some unintended, like, I felt like maybe, there, maybe there's some unintended like roguelite aspects to the game, because... Death has come pretty quick for me. Like I'm only on the, hmm. um, I'm in, I'm headed to the north now, and there's is it a is it a wear rat? I'm about to fight a giant. I'm I'm that boss. I yep. keep dying at that boss, but each time I die at that boss, I've now got more money. I just bought myself a new necklace. I'm gonna be able to go in with a little more power this time, um, and you know death penalty is pretty. Pretty low, like it's it.
0: it it's you... it's light. It actually, yeah, just it puts you back in town, but with full health, you don't lose any gold, you don't lose any experience points. Uh, the thing it does cost you is turns. Like yeah. I don't know if you guys have picked up on this, but like the game actually, yeah, keeps track of how many quote unquote turns you've taken in the game. It's it's kind of like a timer, and it doesn't cost you anything to take a lot of turns to do things. But like every time you make a move on the world map, uh, it's a turn. Every time you rest in the end it's a few turns. If you die, it, it costs you a few turns. And it's just kind of like a, it, I kind of did that for replayability. So you can like, OK, how few turns can I can I do things in? And also when you hand in quests, it like gives you a star rating on how many turns you took to like get the quest finished. Um, and if you took, if if you get four or five stars instead of just three, it gives you more money. Um, so it's just kind of a way to challenge yourself if you're already familiar with the game to see if you can play it even more efficiently the next, the next, uh, yeah, I next time around. A... Incidentally, it's kind of funny, um, just real quick, you mentioned like Final Fantasy 6 earlier. Um, if you think about Seelies in that game, her name is. She's got like an ability called Runic, where she can absorb incoming spells um, by like holding up her sword, and it lasts for a few turns. And the next time spells get directed her way, uh, she absorbs it instead of taking damage. Um, if you keep her in mind, that's kind of a big pro tip for that Rat King boss you mentioned. Mm. Um, that scepter he's got, he's absorbing your spells. So if you just like wait till the light goes out in that thing, and then you hit him with your biggest spell, that's that's kind of your best bet for uh, getting rid of that so guy.
1: That's what the glowing light means. That's exactly right. That was, that
0: was maybe a little obscure, but I was going for the more uh, NES hard side of the difficulty curve a little bit, and, and kind of like on that roguelike thing you mentioned as well. So
2: There you go. Yeah, just getting back to the turns, um, I thought that was really cool that you put that in because I, I saw that there's you know there's three slots in there. Um, While going through it, I was kind of like kicking myself, like, oh, man, I'm like wrecking up my turns for all these deaths. But then I was like, oh, I should like go back to like one of the other save slots and see if I can do it lower. You know, it would just be the most efficient that I can in it. And I, I'm a big fan of it. Uh-huh. Maybe that's why it's so up my alley. Like, mm. I love, you know, like, Dead Cells, Binding of Isaac, all that. This is
1: this is great. And so as we... Nice. I, I want to go from the gameplay aspect to... I want to talk about your map, your town map, John. Oh, so uh-huh. like, it's It's so charming because it, it, it just looks, it looks like gosh don't take this the wrong way i mean it's so charming because it looks like you opened up paint and you drew this little town and paint for like your your homegrown dungeons (laughs) and dragons campaign and you know i've just very recently and very minimally gotten into playing dungeons and dragons with friends and like just that just drawing Uh your map out and just seeing the getting the idea of what this space is that you're operating in there's just it's just it you know, I know I'm not playing this game with a person, but it feels like you know, it's like, oh, I, I'm I'm living in this world now. I can visualize this world, and it's got a, it's just it's charming. And you did, you, I looked at the credits. That what you did draw your map right? Like that that that's your art.
0: I did draw the town map. I got inspiration from that from, um, exactly what you meant. Actually, I, I mentioned I'm an old school D and D player a little bit myself, and yeah, I was looking at different town maps online, like trying to get just like I was looking at like different. Uh, Dungeons & Dragons campaigns, like different people put together like an overhead map of their town where you see like the buildings from like kind of a top down. You can just kind of see the layout and yeah in Vigil RPG that's what you get with the town map is you get just kind of like an overhead view of the buildings. A lot of them are just like there for flavor but then a few of them like the shop, the inn, the tavern, the training grounds, uh, this manor where you can go to pick up quests sometimes are labeled and then you can just like one touch those and you're there. So there's no, like, trying to manipulate a D-pad to, like, maneuver yourself through the town like a console port RPG, but you just, like, one tap and do where you want to go and you're right into that building and you can do your business. And, yeah, <laughs> it does look a little quaint. Like, the whole thing has the whole, you know, 8-bit pixel art vibe. I tried to go with that, so everything's a little blocky and janky, but by design. And secretly, that was obviously what I could pull off working by myself. Like, obviously, just as not really an artist, I couldn't pull off, like, a high, even 16-bit level of polish would have been stretching it, much less, like, a modern... You know, Final Fantasy 15 type thing. There would have been there would have been no way, um, but this gets the job done, and it's quick and light and easy and fast, and tries to respect your time as a player who maybe only has 30 seconds to play while you're in line, and it's always saving your progress, whatever you're doing, even mid battle, so you can take a call or turn it off, and you'll you'll be right where you left off, and off to the races. so no, it
1: it it does the job. It does it in a charming way, and to to sort of paraphrase a musician friend of mine, you know, you are an artist, John. I mean, you did make this. You made some. You made the art. You made the game. You've brought in all of these elements, and I know you got some of them from from other resources in but you brought all these elements together to create something. You're obviously a very creative guy, and, and looking at a, this this game, you know, it might be a simplistic-looking shell, but it's a way to tell these stories and put all of this creative energy you've got into a focus package. And And that's kind of the next part I want to talk about is with kids, because you said this was 2014, and you worked on it for 18 months. So with mm-hmm. three children who would have been what age at that point in time when you started working on this?
0: So doing the quick math, doing let's just do minus five. So eight, five, and three. Dude. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yes. So that's why that's why 18 months part of it, right? It really was like an hour or two or even less, like whenever I could just find that magic hour or magic half hour before bed. Um, and not every night because I didn't want to go crazy. I didn't want to burn out. Um I still wanted to, like, you know, not totally abandon my wife either, like, after the kids are in bed. You know, definitely uh, keep that relationship going strong. But yeah, and definitely play a little bit of stuff too. So I'm not, I'm still having a little time to enjoy myself. Creating the game obviously is enjoyable too, but it is, like, sort of work. And I usually just finished programming all day at work and I'm sitting down to program more at home. But yeah, just um, doing it in bits and pieces, doing it kind of in, like, small. Achievable chunks so that I could like keep myself motivated by seeing that I had like yes I've made this and it works. Uh, like the very first thing I made was the combat screen. So you just run the program and you just get like dropped right into a combat screen. Um, and I implemented, I believe the first two monsters I implemented just to, like play with the combat system and see if is this even fun? Can I even make this work? Is this even viable? Uh, were the like the basic goblin who you see like within the first 10-20 uh, minutes of the game. And like the Red Dragon, which is like the super high end monster you'll see once you're level 20 or 25 towards the end of the game with like seven different powers that can do to you um, just to kind of try the combat system. So I got that working. I got it drawing the enemy's picture. I got it drawing the buttons where you could do your combat actions and wiring those up to the actual you know, programming code behind them. And bit by bit, like you know, after a month or two, I had that kind of in a sort of kind of working state. And then it was just building the game out from there. OK, let's think about the world map. And how is that going to work? And how is that going to look? and have The way that works in visual RPG also, there's still no D-pad. There's no D-pad at all in the game. That was one of my goals. Because I I don't know about all of you out there on you two guys, but that drives me crazy uh, trying to manipulate those D-pads that you can't actually feel under your thumb and trying to keep your thumb where it's supposed to be. I was like, nope, everything in this game is just tapping because you're playing it on your phone. So the world map, it's almost kind of like a game board where it looks like an old school like Dragon Quest 1 or early Final Fantasy world map where you just got like a top down view of everything, but there's areas that you can tap on to move to. And that kind of represents like if you were playing an old game, you would have like d-pad up, d-pad left, d-pad up, d-pad left, and instead like you just tap there and your character walks directly to that spot, and generally there's an encounter when you get there. And then you fight that encounter, it takes 30 seconds or a minute, and then you go to the next one and so on and so forth. Um, yeah, and this is kind of how it developed, one one bit at a time. Combat screen, world map, okay, let's now ma- let's make town, how's that going to work? Let's make the weapons and armor system, um, and just by doing it that way, just by like adding one screen at a time, one feature at a time, it slowly but surely, um, you know, over the course of a year plus, turned into a game that you could play. And then um, added an end game to it, added the final boss, added roll the credit scene, polish everything, polish everything again, test, polish, and. Finally got to the point where I felt like I could, you know, put it on the App Store without <laughs> embarrassing myself, <laughs> and it had a really nice reception. I was, and I even got like reviewed by uh, Touch Arcade, oh, the biggest uh, iOS review site, um, which which I was thrilled by. And yeah, it was it was super fun. It was a great project. And
1: then here you are, four years later, and it's and it's still got, you know, that's you know not a, an insignificant amount of traction on the App Store. You know, I mean yeah where credit is due. I mean, that's pretty cool that in the search category it's like top of the hill.
0: Yeah, it's it's right up there. Um, maybe part of the reason that it's it's done well and people enjoy it, and I'm, I'm glad I'm I'm tickled by all the praise that you guys have I've had for it. Um, when I designed it, I kind of like had to sit down and make the decision. Like I actually had the first thing I opened up was not the code editor there, but a Google document where I was typing out some ideas for some of the systems in the game. And one of the decisions was, okay, how am I gonna monetize this or am I? Like am I gonna go the route of in app purchases and stamina timers and gacha and notifications to come back and play? And I was like, you know what? Nope, 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 nope. I'm gonna make the game that I want to play. Like I'm gonna make the game that I wish someone else made so I could play it, and I'm gonna make that game and so you know, you all on the internet can play it, right? The rest of the world. So, you know, one price up front and you get the whole game. I released it for two ninety nine. I just I dropped it a couple times. Now it's just a dollar, um, because the intention here was was never to make money. Like the the goal here, I like I decided I'm not gonna be a, the next you know like App Store millionaire if that was even a thing even as early as 2013 anymore. Um, I just want to make a fun game, and I want to like make the design decisions like kind of like we talked about uh, earlier in the show here, not to incent the player to give me more money by having stamina timers and premium currency and IIP, but just by trying to make this game as fun as I possibly can. That's like, that's the overriding goal. Let's make the player have a good time and respect their time. And if I can do that, then I succeeded. And financially, I mean, the game is kind of broken even really. I mean, if anything, I've lost a little money between uh, buying the Mac to develop this thing on in the first place because I didn't own one originally. So I bought like a $400 bargain basement off, literally off eBay Mac mini to write this thing on. Um, and of course, Apple wants their 900 bucks a year to let you start developing first of all at least as far as uh, even if, if you want to test like the game on an actual phone they make you subscribe to their developer program mm. which is US 99 per year and then another 99 per year every year to keep the game on the app store oh um, wow. yep so yeah so every every uh, company at least that you see on the app store it's not every individual app but every company is paying that mm. uh, $99 fee to apple on top of the 30% cut they take of your sales um, which is why apple has a lot of money <laughs>
1: you, you, you're gonna have to put a sequel out john so you're so you're not spending that nine a year for just one game
0: <laughs> it's about breaking even yeah with the dollar price point and apple taking their 30 percent cut how does that work out i guess i have to sell 130 copies 140 over the course of the year to break even and at the clip it's been doing if it's selling five per week let's make it easy and say there's 50 weeks in the year 50 times five um so that's two hundred fifty dollars is bringing in gross. So yeah, it's doing a little better than break even these days, which is great. Yeah. So, I can I can let my wife buy a few Starbucks, maybe put food on the table three or four nights and and call it good. No, it,
1: everybody everybody in this virtual room tonight, you know, we have we have our careers, right? Like we exactly. have our yeah. jobs and these things we do as a hobby. If if we're not approaching them as fun over aspirations for cash then they just become another job and i can only speak Mm for myself that's when they're no longer hobbies and and that's when it's like oh i'm working literally all day long now (laughs) i don't i don't want to go down that path um you know you should be doing doing these creative pursuits because you love them that's just my opinion because you you get an intrinsic reward out of them the fact that you can share them with the world and enough and and just that even one person has their eyes on it or even one person mm-hmm. experiences mm-hmm. something that you created that's you know that alone is so much more than so many people can say they ever experienced that 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 in and of itself is is quite a reward um, and I say that as someone who used to make music. And, and you know, I, John, I need to just, I think, I think maybe what I need to do is figure out a quieter way to be creative. Because <laughs> rock and roll and, and, and writing songs during my magic hour, the kids are asleep. Yeah. I'm not really able <laughs> to, to fully indulge in that um, the mm. way I want. I mean, I've been trying to record an album of original songs for the last... Five or six years, and it just you know it just it doesn't happen. And and part of it, I, I it's probably my approach and my inability to just say this is what I'm doing. I say I, you know I don't I don't I don't narrow it down. It's like oh I'll just record three songs and 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 make it a little easy LP. No, I'm like I got 12 songs I want to do. We're gonna go for a double LP right no, No, pare it down. like you pared it down. You focused i think i have to work on that myself um I, I i do i do struggle truly and i say this i say this stuff for the benefit of anybody who might hear it. i struggle with um my creative side and mm-hmm. doing a good job of of finding and a productive realistic way that i can i can pursue that as a parent to little kids because bedtime's eight o'clock electric guitars are loud Acoustic guitars are mm-hmm. loud, even at eight o'clock at night. So, you know. Yep. Maybe it's time to, to maybe it's time that I start just recording music through a, through my headphone jack and and add effects to it in Audacity here or something else, and I'll write I'll write the music for your next game, John. <laughs> I'll I'll do it all.
0: That sounds fantastic. Done. It's a deal. <laughs> I'm a lawyer. That was binding. <laughs> yep. Let's make that happen.
1: Yep, our virtual handshake has happened. But no, I I do always try to, to, you know, when we talk about time management and whenever it comes up on the show, like, some people do it well. I'm not one who does. I'm a parent who's struggling to figure out how to um, really find fulfillment in my creative hobbies that used to be such a big part of my life. So um, any other parents who are out there who are feeling that way, if you know how, if you've got strategies let's work together because you know it's just a thing your life changes when you have kids and there's got to be a way to balance it i'm still it's working on it. too <clears throat> still working on it.
0: yeah yeah it's, it's a balance it's it's a bit of a sacrifice because i mean absolutely during the development of vigil rpg there were i mean nights where normally i like to play you know sit so down and play like a nice relaxing heroes of the storm or whatever for an hour before bed and some of those nights you know i didn't get to play anything because i was i was i was right in the game um but it was also just super fulfilling, right? Like I described, like just getting new pieces of it done and seeing it come together. So, yeah, the creation—it's a sacrifice, but the creation can be super rewarding, obviously, as well.
1: All right. Well, before we move into picks, Kevin, do you have anything you want to add to wrap up here? Are we ready to now? Ready roll to in? roll in. All right. Let's roll into our picks of the week. And John, since you are our guest, um, let me shout it out again: Vigil RPG. 99 cents on the app store. Uh, definitely worth your look, especially if you like the old school RPGs or if you're looking for a game that's a okay. that's a real easy play. One hand, you can be doing any number of things. It's a great game. And play video. If, if, if
2: I didn't like, it, I, didn't like
1: uh, I didn't have time to play it. <laughs> uh, I mean, if I didn't like it, I wouldn't have said, hey, John, come on the show. So. <laughs> Highly recommend it, though. Highly recommend it. <laughs> Awesome. Thanks.
0: Glad you yeah, could it is join us. iOS exclusive. Um, the only the only caveat there is if you're looking for it on your iPad, you have to set the setting to look for iPhone as well as iPad apps, because it does play totally fine on the iPad, but like, technically it's only optimized for iPhone, so you just have to put your app store into that setting.
1: But yeah, that's awesome. Thanks a lot. I'm very glad you could join us, John. So what is your pick of the week here?
0: Uh, my pick for this week is the Stormlight Archive series by Brandon Sanderson, a series of fantasy novels. Uh, the third book was released uh, a while ago. It's an epic fantasy series. Um, if you haven't read Brandon's stuff, he's he's you know far and away my favorite writer uh, these days, uh, especially as far as the fantasy genre goes. Uh, he's done a number of things. He finished up uh, Robert Jordan's Wheel of Time series. He's got a number of other series out there. Uh, Mistborn was another good one. Um, but kind of his, his epic, the, the one he says he's dreamed of writing his whole life and now he's finally three books into, is... Uh, Stormlight Archive uh, definitely pick that up and check it out there is a reread going on where a couple of uh, folks over at Tor his publisher who are like closely affiliated with him I think they're his beta readers or maybe they're just like super fans, I'm not sure but they're like going through chapter by chapter and getting into in-depth discussions so if you have read the series, like check that out because that's kind of a fun way to go through the book for the second time um, and if you haven't picked it up, picked it up highly recommended to check that out.
1: No, I'm gonna I'm gonna check on my digital library app and see if it's available for uh for bark So this is the uh, Stormlight. or Is this a series? Stormlight Archive is the name of the series. Uh,
0: the series is Stormlight Archive. Um, I believe the first book is The Way of Kings, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, by Brandon Sanderson. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, yes. Uh, pick up a copy or check it out at your local library. I like to do that as well. Um, a great tip for picking up if your local library has it, too. I like to check out a lot of new Switch games that way. My, my library carries a Switch, Xbox, and PlayStation, which is That's amazing. Really cool. Great way to check out games for free uh, for a week or two. So, yep, there you go.
1: So I've got a book, too. It just came in the mail today. Uh, I have not tried any of the recipes in it, but I've looked through it with my wife, and they all look very good. And um, coming from, you know, I'm a kid of the 90s, so... I had a super huge crush on Tiffany Amber Thiessen, Saved by the Bell, and she has a cookbook, <laughs> and her cookbook is called Pull Up a Chair, and I mean, I'm not kidding, the the the, the, the food in, in this book looks absolutely amazing, um, and a lot of it looks healthy-ish. Um, we've been cooking a lot of Chrissy Teigen's recipes, and... Though they are all absolutely mind-blowing, amazing, um, repeatedly with that book, it's the the reviews have been. This is the best fill-in-the-blank I've ever had. Um, there's not a whole lot of healthiness going on there. Uh, Tiffany Thiessen's book looks uh, looks looks delicious and also a little more on the uh, veggie side. So I'm looking forward to trying those out. I will follow up with a review of some of the recipes when I cook them. But I just was really impressed at the at, at the diversity of recipes and um just how man they look good shout out to the um pancakes with whipped maple butter and to Mm. the french toast with a peanut butter nutella drizzle um possibly the two least healthy things i saw in that book but also the the things i'm (laughs) most excited to make and last but not least Kevin finish us out tonight so I
2: have binged and will probably start over since I have all this time on my hand a typical season two on Netflix right now it's a Netflix original it follows the story of a high schooler with autism and his family and dynamics um it's kind of a comedy drama um it's just really the characters are really well developed um very grounded it's super entertaining um, I would highly suggest checking it out.
1: And you said it's kind of like a a, a drama, yeah, like a dramedy, drama yeah. slash comedy. And it's high
2: school. Um, yeah, the the kid and his sister in high school, and it has a lot to do with his relationship to his peers, his parents. It kind of gets into the parents' relationship. Um, so basically, like just the whole family dynamic.
1: Right, so so I'm I'm asking for clarification for me, because we finished 13 Reasons Why recently, which is a high school-based um, series as well, and it was super intense. So on, like, an intensity level, is a typical, like, a 10 with some things that are going to make you feel really bad for days no, upon days? I don't think at all. Because <laughs> no. 13 Reasons Why was, like, a 10, especially towards the end, where, like, I felt bad for days, but we're, we're always on the lookout for no, something I'd say
2: it's more comedy than drama. Um, it, okay. it's pretty light. Okay. Um, I would feel comfortable watching it with, I don't know, like an eight year old, 10 year old.
1: All right. Okay. Well, thank you for that. We'll, we'll, we will, we will be checking it on our end then, um, as our, some of our shows are currently in rotation, uh, in, in their seasonal break. So atypical on Netflix. Well, thank you, Kevin, for that recommendation. All right, I think we're going to wrap up here. Again, thank you very much to John Schneider, the developer of Vigil RPG. Now, John, your website is Games, correct?
0: That is correct, .com.
1: All right. And where can people find you on social media if you wish to share that type of thing?
0: Um, you can follow Game singular, thanks to Twitter's 15-character limit on usernames. <laughs> <laughs> or you can uh, follow me personally at John Schneider.
1: There we go. And Kevin, you on the internets and everyone else?
2: At Couple on Twitter.
1: And I am at Zoso1701 on Twitter, on Twitch. I do tend to stream at O dark 30 in the morning, so if you you know like to hang out with some coffee in the AM, um, please hop on in. Currently I'm playing Guild of Dungeoneering, which is a really fun, uh, it looks like a sketchbook RPG, turn-based RPG. And, and if you're interested in joining Ooh. the Gamer Parent Discord uh, please just, I pop that up on Twitter occasionally, I don't have an open invite to it because we like to curate who can op in, but you know that's no offense to you, just send me a little note and you'll be able to to get into that but I, I do post links there as well so the best place to find how to get to our discord is by following me at zoso 001701 by following gamer parent in general at gamer parent or the magic hour show at gp magic hour show the magic hour show is a production of the gamer parent network already told you where to follow us on Twitter and it's apparently a Facebook group so like us there Gamer Parent Network I don't have Facebook I know nothing about that so I'm not there you know hey Kevin are you there is it a party over there
2: uh no I don't know
1: (laughs) Kevin doesn't know you know it's a party (laughs) I'm sure it's a riot every day you know it's like it's hopping it's like the parents are gone they're throwing the party it's It's a magic day
2: all the time 24-7
1: yeah <laughs> you can email us some feedback at feedback at gamerparent um, Follow the Magic Hours Twitch. It's the Magic Hours show. Uh, we do intend to stream some more Monster Hunter here soon, so yeah, get in on that. And uh, you know, please, if don't, don't leave us a review on iTunes, you know, even if even if it's not a good one. You know, reviews help give the show visibility, and your comments, your feedback, your reviews. Um, your interaction our interactions together that's what always makes this worth doing for me and intrinsically rewarding to all of us so thank you for being a part of all this all you gamer parents out there or just general people with responsibilities who get something out of this hour every couple of weeks so tonight i was your host ryan thompson and a big thanks to our guest again vigil rpg on the ios store john schneider and kevin Pulley. we will talk to you again in about a week when we stream some monster hunter and you can expect another podcast in about two weeks so until next time thank you for listening and have a wonderful week